You're listening to the Mentors for Military podcast with your hosts, Robert Gowan, Rudy Lindsay, Mike Pritz, and Kat Kalin. I sent you guys the, the message from John Show C. Notes. Maxwell. Yeah. Well, the, the quote from Maxwell is what really kind of started this thing off. And it was uh, that time management is an oxymoron. Time is beyond our control and the clock keeps ticking regardless of how we lead our lives. Priority management is the answer to maximizing the time we have. And I thought, you know, so often we talk about time management. Nah, you just need better time management. That's the whole thing. Well, the reality is, in a lot of cases, you don't control your own time. Somebody else controls the time for you. And I don't know how many times you guys have had, a, especially for me, in a calendar and everything. I've got a calendar that I may block off a segment of time of things that I want to accomplish in meetings that I want to have with individuals. But if somebody who I'm working for controls my time, they start blocking that time for me. Now I've lost all control of time management. So it was one of those things that really stood out to me in in that higher level. But there's one thing, of course, that you can always do. And you can at least start off with planning your week out and your day out. And I don't think enough people really take the time to sit down and start at least generating a plan. They kind of just fly by the seat of their pants. And I'm not one of those people that can do that when I go on a vacation or whatever the case you guys probably wouldn't want to do, do that with me, but I, I, I sit down and start. I don't try to micromanage every minute of the day, but I've got to have a plan. I've got to have at least an idea and a 50,000 foot level. Where are we going? What are we going to see? What are we planning on doing that day? And then I can fly by the seat of my pants other than that, but I kind of have a, at least a general framework, you know? Yeah. I call, I th- that, I call it a timeline or a warning order, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. Yeah. I th- Rob, would like. Like the time that we're getting at here is, you know, like people prioritize work and that's X amount of hours a day that they're going to, you know, it's kind of like they don't even factor that. It's, as you said, somebody else blocked that time out for them. Uh, what I feel like we're going to hit a lot on, on both sides as well is like being able to control all your time. And like the person who does that, like the entrepreneur or it's usually like the wealthy, right? Because they buy their time. Um, but then for the working class or the people that have that job, they're the ones who, like, you have that free time is kind of what we're, well, I call it right now, being in the military. I have that free time once I'm done with what I've been told to do that I get to go home. And then that's kind of where I see time management coming into play. Okay. Because I see that, I guess, you know, more in the workspace. But, yeah, no, most definitely. I mean, a lot of people don't capture the time when they do go home. So that's interesting because in a lot of cases, it's the, you know, I'm working for the man. The man's telling me I got to be here and when to be there and all that kind of stuff. And then when I go home, it's more relaxation. People end up decompressing. They don't spend a whole lot of time working about a plan of when they're off of what they're going to accomplish. They get a long list of things they need to do, but yet they never get around to it because the fact of the matter is they don't plan their off time. Yeah. Yeah, One thing that I can really, I can relate to, like, on understanding like time management and everything else and I don't even want to use time management I call it compartmentizing right like uh, like I have different identities throughout the day so for instance you know if I have my daughter for the weekend right I know that I have this time to this time blocked off to be George the father and then when she goes to bed now I have this time this time to decompress and focus on me or if I have work to do that night I'll do work that night the next morning you know it's her time and my time or for instance like today 
you know, just got done with a big project for Softly that we were doing. Um, and it's been a kind of one of those things where it's just been, you know, all my free time was just on the computer, banging it out, doing research, banging it out, um, and having to still focus on training, still focus on being a dad, and still focus on getting all my other work stuff done that I had to really compartmentalize where I was going. So I had to block out my day. And I think the way you do that is starting the night prior. Um, is kind of looking like, all right, cool. What does my day look like tomorrow from when I, from not even when I wake up, right? Like when we do warning orders, we back plan, right? So look at, all right, cool. I'm the plans to go to bed at 10, uh, 10 PM tomorrow night. Let me go ahead and start blocking out times for me. All right, cool. I know that I work from eight to five with a lunch from 12 to one. Well, my blocked out time is from eight to 12 and then I work 12 to one and then I have lunch from 12 to one. That's my me time. And then from, let's say one to five. And then all of a sudden now that, you know, that person, that human being all of a sudden now has from five all the way until she goes to bed or he goes to bed to, to block that out also. And I think no one really realizes it and looks at it and understands how slow time is. Because time is fucking slow. And if no one understands how slow it is, they're just going to always be living in that fast pace and never really get what they want done. Um, and I think people need to really realize, like, hey, time's actually never going to speed up. Like we said in that quote, time never speeds up for you. So take advantage of that, and you can actually put a lot into a, let's just say, a 16-hour work day or 16-hour day because you want to sleep eight hours <laughs> usually, right? That's what we look for, but it doesn't happen. Yeah, and, and you mentioned uh, time is slow, right? <clears throat> you ever have somebody, you tell them, hey, sit down, count to 60, and close your eyes. It seems like an eternity, doesn't it? Oh, like bro. have somebody do that, they're like, oh, my gosh. They get to 30, they're twitching <laughs> in their chair. You know, they yeah. can't do this. Then you tell them, hey, you know, hey, how long did you just spend or have you ever caught yourself, you know, sitting there before the gym? And I'm like, oh, I'm checking my Instagram, right? And I'm looking at this. And I look down. It's like 25 minutes just went by. I just lost 25 minutes, you know, if, that, yeah, if what I was doing wasn't focused. So it's how much could I have gotten done in 60 seconds? You know, when I'm, I think that's an eternity versus when I'm, you know, not prioritizing my time and wasting it. And I kind of like what you said, George, about how kind of how you do it. I kind of view as, you know, you say you're in state, right? Like I've got my strategic plan, what my end state is for the day, for the week, for the month, for the next year. But I kind of look at all my priorities as like these little bars, right? Like on a graph and I'm talking with my hands and I, I know you guys can't see that. No, none of the listeners can, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I got these little bars or whatever, the like little things that I need to accomplish. And I'm only going to, I'm going to pull from each one when I have time. Like what can I affect? Well, I can't worry about this right now because I got nothing to do. I, I, I can't affect that. Right. But hey. I can pull out my notebook and there's this thing over here for like with my company, Greyhive. Hey, I can start jotting down my notes and organizing my thinking or my thoughts for our media br like brief that we're putting together. Or here I can get this ready for bear because I got to get this together, this POI. So I can at least at a minimum pull this out and start touching on all these little a la carte options or my menu of what I've got to do and just start affecting those things. So that time, you know, that, that 60 seconds, it seems like a turn to me. How much could I have got done in that time? I think realizing that and being aware of it is kind of one of the many keys to time management. Going back to understanding like that 60 seconds is a long time, right? I mean, we can use, I, you're on the range with Bear, right? When you're doing your shooting and you're timing people, guys end up rushing their shots because they don't realize oh, yeah. how slow time actually moves. You know, you realize that saying we use in the military, how it goes slow, smooth, smooth is fast. Yep. Um, it kind of relates to the same thing with everything else. And I like how you talked about setting the bars for yourself. I even break it down even lower than that. And I take it to the day. All right. Hey, what is the main priority for the day? And then I stack it up on the very top and then I backfill everything else from there. Yep. 
And I've literally done it where I put on the on a whiteboard. And you can see the whiteboard behind me. I have a whole bunch of gibberish and stuff. <clears throat> but I'll put on my main priority of the day. That's the first thing to get done. And then everything else falls into priority that means for me. So, for instance, you know, let's say today, right? Today I had to get a blog written. That was my main priority was the blog. And then after that, all right, cool, it was lunch. All right, cool. After that, I blocked out time for some extra stuff that just popped up for work or answer emails. Cool. I blocked out this 2.30 time till whenever for podcasting. All right, cool. After I'm done with that, I got more blocking out all the way to picking up my daughter, all the way to having dinner with her, all the way to doing a whole bunch of stuff till bedtime. And I think a lot of people don't realize that at all. Like we just said previously, you can even do it that way. And there's a saying that I use, especially in the human performance realm for an athlete, macro or micro movement dictates macro movement. Well, that can also be translated to life, right? Yeah. You're the, the most, you know, if you can take care of the smallest things in that day, it's going to lead to something bigger throughout the time period of your life. So let's say, for instance, you know, you got three months to get ready for whatever you want for your big job. Well, instead of looking at that three months, bring it all the way back into where you're at in that micro aspect and just setting small objectives to reach to it. And you end up completing what you want to do. And the funny part is, is when you get to that bigger accomplishment, it's not as fulfilling as all the other small things that led to it is one thing I really believe in. Well, what we're really talking about is prioritizing things too. I mean, it goes back to that over and over again when, you know, John C. Maxwell mentioned that it's really priority management over time management. If you start focusing on it that way and you list those things that are most important to you, like you're talking about, George, and you know what yeah. the end state is and you list the steps that you have to take and you prioritize those. Um, I mean, I don't think that's any different than anything else that you do in life. I mean, regardless of what your occupation is, if you're not setting some kind of prioritization, and you, then you're not focusing on the right things. And at the end of the day, we all have the same 24 hours. So it's what you do within those 24 hours and what, what are you really getting accomplished at the end of the day, you know, when you sit down and measure it. Yeah, and, and when we're talking like, you know, like the 60 seconds, how that can be extremely slow, but the way you deal with it, you can look at it as, as your time is like over a span aspect or like an intensity aspect, like quality versus quantity. Right. Like George, when you're talking about your day, I think like one of the big things that I'm pulling out from what you're saying is, you know, you, you have something that you focus on and it's like all of you is into that. And then you like transfer your mind into something else. And that's what you're focusing on. And I think it's key. There is you're not distracted because you have those priorities. You know, I, I really like using the analogy that one of my mentors told me of, you have a jar and you have golf balls on one side and sand on the other. And sand is just like fluff. You know, it's the extra stuff in your day that isn't one of your goals. It's not a priority, but it's things that usually is something that's going to do like whether an activity or talking to somebody or something like that. And the priorities are those golf balls. So if you put the sand in first and then try to put the golf balls in, like your priorities aren't going to fit, right? Because you just, added all that fluff where on the other hand if you dump those golf balls those priorities into the jar first and then the sand like it it molds around your priorities and you know that's that's the kind of way i approach my day is like all right i have this this and this that i'm going to do like today i'm out processing from the military that's that's a goal and then i'm doing some business stuff working on the website boom and then from there i can see okay where does instagram fit in where does, you know, calling an old buddy, where does going to the pub and having a beer? It's funny, or you talk about, you know, the sand and the golf balls too. Like to me, like you got those big priorities and the stuff and these things take up your time and kind of where it made sense for me was I was sitting on YouTube or Facebook one day, you know, wasting time, not doing anything productive like we're talking about right now, a couple of years ago. 
and then when these videos pops up by some motivational speaker, you guys may have seen it, got this big jar, and he puts all these rocks in and says, is it full? And everybody in the crowd's like, yeah, it's full. And he's like, no, it's not. And they're like, oh, no. You know, and so then he picks up these little rocks, and he puts them in there, and they filter in. He's like, is it full? And everybody's like, we don't know if we should answer right now because he tricked us. <laughs> so this goes on and on. And then he takes, you know, really tiny, like, pebbles. Then he puts sand in there, and it filters down. And he's like, is it full? Everybody's like, we're pretty sure that's full right now. He's like, okay. So then pulls out water and slowly trickles it on top, and it just fills in all that stuff. Well, that was a pretty good explanation of, like, if you have seconds, you can get something done. You know, and if you've got all, the, all this time, like, these are the big things, but there's always space in between. Even where you think there isn't space, there's always space for something. You can work towards those priorities or whatever it is that's going to make you achieve that overall goal, your end state, you know, or achieve these little, you know, micro efforts that are going to get into these macro efforts like George talked about. You know, that back in the day, you know, everybody was talking about technology will help us so much. But actually today, in a lot of ways, especially with uh, social media and all those types of things, and I know, George, we talk about this all the time and you talk about decompressing and getting away from social media. But you talk about all those things that you fill your time with. And then in some cases, you don't actually get away um, from work. You don't get away from the things that you think are most important because you have technology that sucks you back into that. You know, so I remember the days in which you, uh, I carried around a, a Blackberry. And, and the first thing I would look for is that little blinking red light on that phone. Well, that meant I got an email. So that meant I needed to pick it up and find out why I got an email, who's emailing me, do I need to respond? And what I did is I actually then started changing somebody else's behavior on the other end because they received my email, they saw the blinking light, and it's 8 o'clock at night. They thought they had to respond back immediately. So we both were thinking that we just take those few short minutes to respond. And then I started realizing I'm now driving that person's time management that person's behavior and setting priorities. I had to go back and go, listen, just because I respond to an email at eight o'clock doesn't mean you have to work at eight o'clock and respond back. It might just be that's my opportunity to find a little space of work where I wanted to get something done, but I don't want you to feel like you have to do it. But it's amazing how we felt like we had to have that conversation uh, to set the priority, to understand what time management is, to allow that person to understand that they're, they're allowed to have time to decompress to get away from work. It was almost like they needed me to help them make that decision. Yeah, that goes down to, that also goes into like, you know, with with what I do with remote programming with individual athletes. Um, one thing that I learned early on as I started picking up more athletes and realizing like, hey, like there's no boundaries we talked about. And I had to create certain boundaries with that. So I didn't end up creating my time management and making it not efficient. So, for instance, if someone, I let everyone know, it's like, hey, I will respond back to you within 24 hours of an email. If you text message me, it must be more important. I'll respond back to you right there and then. Set the baseline. Nine o'clock at, yeah, exactly. I'm setting a baseline, right? And if you, and it was one of those things, like if you text me at 9 o'clock at night and I don't respond back to you, I'll respond back to you the next day. There's a 24-hour window period. And the same thing we are with Softly, right? We, I answer emails all the time. I do, you know, when I'm working throughout the day from, you know, when I wake up from 7 in the morning all the way until maybe 6, 7 at night, I'll answer and check the emails every three hours. Or my phone lets me know. So it lets me see, all right, cool. I'll see how, how important is this to respond back to you right now? Because if it's not that important, I can wait till the next that next block where I can respond back to it. If not, I'll <laughs> respond back to you later. It's the same thing in the weekend, right? How do you, I mean, all of us get emails all the time on the weekends. Right. All the time, right? And a lot of people are like, are you responding back to those emails? No, I'm not responding back to no emails on the weekend unless yeah. 
unless there is a certain precedence on it, if there's a certain level of precedence on it and it's on that high level, then I'll respond back to it. If not, it's a weekend. Uh, everyone should like just kind of relax a little bit and not worry about doing that. I mean, I and I don't live that life because I do live a I work seven days a week. I really believe that I do a lot of stuff every day. But when it comes to the weekends, my prioritizing and marvelizing for work and all other stuff comes down. And I think people can do that also during those two days and take a little time to be selfish for themselves. Well, when you talk about email, geez, we could do a whole podcast on that. Cause I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. you know, seriously, I mean, work emails and stuff. One of the things I had to tell my people is that you don't have to be copied. If you're a leader, you don't have to be copied on everything. So, and, yeah. and not only that, but they don't, you know, they, then people start getting into this whole reply all, and then you might go and if you have 14 people on the email, everybody responds, that's 14 additional emails. Two people carry on a conversation. Now you, you may go up to 30 or whatever. I mean, that's a good time management thing too, as we're talking about in prioritization, because you got to prioritize everything you do. If, if you're utilizing what we're talking about, it, it applies to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I want to I want to do something uh, between the four of us. Obviously, we're all Instagram users. You know, it's part of our businesses and our movements and stuff. So there's a pretty cool feature on the old iPhone, which is under the you go to your settings and then in the battery, you can see the battery battery percentage and then the last 24 hours. Oh, geez. And I mean, I'll show you guys mine for Instagram. I got 58 minutes in the last 24 hours. On Instagram, and then, bro? and then you can, yeah, and then you can go in the last seven days. And I have uh, six point nine hours in the last seven days. Damn! <laughs> I, I mean, okay. I want to. I think that's bad, but I it's addicting, isn't it? You get sucked yeah, in, it, man. It is. What do you? Um. Yeah. Just. Do you have an iPhone? Oh, so yeah. So mine was uh, 23% Instagram and then uh, 19% phone. So that was the only thing I was on was the Instagram. So Try to see the hours on there. Yeah. Where do you go to again to do that? Uh, You go to battery, general and then battery. Yeah, and if you're listening and you're driving, don't do it yet. Yeah, so so when I went to the last seven, I guess I went to the last, that was the last 24 hours. The last seven days (laughs) uh, was primarily Instagram 35%, 35%, Twitter was 16, Waze was 9. That's because I'm on the road, you know, and using Waze. Outside of that, it was just the, I mean, the other social media was very low. As you can tell, I spent a lot of time on Instagram, but. Yeah, yeah, I've got 34% of my battery went to Instagram in the last 24 hours, 17 to messages, 13% to that Slack app. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. We, got, we got a big, I got two Slack group channel things I'm a part of. And then, uh, yeah, whatever my mail is, it's like 12%, you know, on hey, email. Hey, Drew, if you click the clock right next to the last seven days, you can see the, the hours. Oh, I did. I can't find mine, so it doesn't even matter. Yeah, whatever. Look, I can't. Like, where do I, where do I go from here? Uh, go to, go to settings. Go to, yeah. go to battery. No, go to battery. Scroll down to battery. And like, then, uh, Right underneath that, it'll come up for me, battery usage, and it comes last oh, yeah, 24 hours, is. last seven days. And Mine's not as bad as yours. Mine's only three hours. That's, that's what's up. In the Good last man. week? Good man. Yeah, mine's, my, mine's not as bad as y'all's either. So obviously, we know where the two of you are spending the majority of your time. Yeah. And- yeah. So I got 1.7 hours in the last 24 hours on Instagram. <laughs> but I also... Let's not judge, all right? So it was I run two Instagram accounts. And it's funny because you guys talk about like you know hours we spend on this and that. So I run two Instagram accounts. I have five emails: one for GoRuck, one for Greyhive, 
one for Barry Solutions, uh, Mission 22 shooting team, a uh, couple face, several Facebooks, and then God knows what else. You know what I mean? And yeah. you guys were kind of touching on it like you get sucked into that phone, right? It yeah. goes off. You think you got to do it right then. It's like, well, if I'm doing something or I'm, I'm relaxing or it's dinner time or I'm, I'm trying to talk to my daughter or I'm working on this stuff right now and I just need to focus on that, I take that phone and turn it over. I know I don't need to talk to this person right now. They can wait 20 minutes for a text message or an email. You know, I don't need that or that Slack group that we're talking about in the Slack thing too because we got stuff in there for different uh, brands that are in the industry and, you know, kind of driving how we're, you know, how we can affect this, how we can promote other people, so on and so forth. That can wait. So just letting that kind of build up and then doing it all at once and kind of chunking those efforts into one. One, I'm not getting so kind of scatterbrained. I can organize my thoughts better when I do it all at once instead of doing one thing, going back to something else, seeing something popped up, being reactionary to that, going back to doing what I was doing and then jumping all over the place. It, it divides your attention. So if I can stay here, do this, work on whatever I'm working on the computer, then I say, all right, I'm going to stop, check my phone. I can organize my thoughts. And then on top of that, maybe something came up between when I would have originally responded and then now, where now I've got something, I'm a little clear. I have a better idea of what's going on and now I can approach that better. Um, in uh, Pete Blaber's book, The Mission, The Men, and Me, yeah. he's got a, that was a great book, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, good book, man. He, um, he talked about the let the situation develop, right? So you don't always have to respond right then. You know, and there's always something you're heated about or something, you know, there's something comes up. Just like if you get a text from your girlfriend or wife you, and you're angry about it, you're in a fight, you give it five minutes. You know what I mean? Don't respond right then. You can phrase that a little better. I think that can apply in business too. Not just business, but you know, if you're in the military, you're joining the military, whatever it is you do or your efforts outside at the gym or whatever it may be, well, let the situation develop a little bit, whether it's internally with you, externally with other influences that are going to affect that, and then go on from there. In business, you know, we we uh, talk about don't go into any type of venture or do anything unless you're looking at the return on investment, right? So you do a kind of a cost-benefit analysis. You start evaluating what are the priorities, uh, what are the things you should focus your time on the most. I do something a little bit different than I guess maybe some of your average people, and that is I actually sat down and equated what my hourly rate is. So take what you make as an income, especially if you're a salaried employee, and divide that by 2,080 hours. That's what your company pays you per hour when you're on the job. Well, that doesn't account for those other hours when you're not working, right? That's just only eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. So if let's just say you do that math and you're you're getting paid, you know, $80 an hour. Okay, well, you're going to go out here and it's going to take you four hours to mow your uh, lawn, edging, blowing, all that kind of stuff. And you have to do that once a week. Well, okay, well, that's $320 a week times four. You're now spending $1,300, $1,400 a month to mow your grass. Or you can go pay somebody else $50 a week to mow your grass once a week. What's your, what's your savings there? I know it sounds crazy, but I had an attorney that lives right next door to me. It came outside and he's like, yeah, he goes, I'd love to be able to hire somebody to do my yard. I just, uh, I can't see doing it. I go, you're an attorney. What, what do you charge your clients for your time? Somehow you right. feel like, yeah, somehow you feel like you don't mind getting on your lawnmower and doing it yourself. And, and he doesn't like, it's not like he's a, a guy that likes to mow his grass because it's always long, by the way. Uh, but it's, uh, he doesn't maintain his yard very well in the first place, but he makes excuses as why he can't. Uh, I know he's not going to listen to the podcast, so I'm safe. But, uh, 
So, but yes, it's definitely one of these things where there, he's not evaluating his real time and what he would normally charge his clients for that same amount of time because he figures he's not at the office. Therefore, his time now, much different, how he, how he values that. No, that, makes, that makes complete sense. That's something like, you know, we can even look at it like this, dude. It's funny. It's like um, the past three weeks I've been paying for like meal prepping, right, to get food delivered to me just because I don't, I don't have the time to cook. Or like do all that stuff. And again, like we said, time management, right? Like block that time out. So this is the first week where I did not have meal prep. Did not at all. I didn't have it delivered. And I'll give you numbers that I paid for for the past two, uh, the two weeks that I've been getting it. It was like a hundred and like thirty bucks for fifteen meals for five days, right? And then I'm so what I'm doing right now. Then this week I've had to like cook. I've had to go buy food and cook it and do whatever else. And I just realized I'm spending more money doing that. And actually utilizing more time to do that than if it was just to pay for it like you just talked about. So the return investment, all of it, is better to go the other realm that we just talked about. Pay, have my, have someone do my lawn for me. I think it's key is like uh, you need to if, – if we're going to apply that, <laughs> apply the ability to, you know, I'm going to you know meal prep and it's going to actually be an investment. It's going to be an asset to me per my income. You got to have, have the ability to make – I guess additional income at that point because a lot of people, you know, military. That's that's not an option. Like, if I'm I'm mowing the lawn, you get you uh, get you get free I, meals I, I, in the military, bro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, my <laughs> hourly rate doesn't increase, right? Um, it's not like I'm giving something up to gain something. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you can get some additional income, like on the side, whether for me it's just you know selling some some merch, some KCSL merch. If I can put that time into, you know, an hour versus, you know, again, like mowing the lawn and what I'm going to make towards the business is more than, yeah, then I'm going to invest in somebody to mow the grass. You find some of those hungry entrepreneurs, this is something they talk about. Now, I'm not one of those that believes that you get down to the, you know, every hour of every day and my sleep, you know, is, you know, the whole thing. But a lot of entrepreneurs that are very successful, people wonder what they do. Well, they're, they're workaholics. They, they believe, they measure that time. You know, it's $100 an hour, whether I'm sleeping, whether I'm doing something productive. So, you know what, I'm going to make the most of my time. Mm -hmm. And the things that I feel like I can give up, like they give up sleep, they give up free time with family they give up those things because they believe those are too expensive you know in terms of time you know to be successful they're willing to give up those things that we might think are more important but it raises the question what value and prioritization then do you place on all those things make sure you're covering that and then focus your time and energy and efforts in the right way but realize also those things that you might think are valuable or that you're having to spend your time on you might be able to to get somebody else to do them uh, for you a little bit cheaper and stuff. If you do the math and really apply what time you're actually spending doing that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that podcast? meal prep, uh, George. That meal prep yeah. saved me a bunch of time. We did that a few weeks ago. We do that now. But just being able to have that time. Well, first of all, you realize, hey, your time's valuable, right? Like everybody here, I think some of the most successful entrepreneurs, they've made a decision or they come to the realization that, my time is my money. It's my future. It's my investment. It's going to set that up for whatever my motivating factor is. If it's my family or I want to have, you know, this in life or whatever, I'm building this. They've made that determination that my time is valuable and every second I spend is working towards that. So the more I take away from that, the less likely I am to achieve that goal or the longer it's going to take me to achieve that goal. I think for a lot of people, we find 
we always find an excuse. You know, it's easy to say, well, I'm tired or I need to have, you know, 10 and a half hours of sleep every night or I need this or I need to watch this show. You know, we, you get a lot of these pressures, whether it's social or family pressures or whatever. As long as you can keep your eye on that goal, that'll keep you driving and, and explain what's important, what's really important. And you have to identify that motivating factor. You have to understand that your time is valuable, not because you have a massive ego or you're a narcissist, because your time is valuable because that is what's going to get you to this point. You're going to put in that hard work to get there. The more time you have to do it, the more likely you are to succeed. You're going to fail along the way. I think we all can agree with that. But you have more time to get to that point and you're going to get there faster. So I think a lot of these successful entrepreneurs, they've made that decision or come to that realization. And then going forward, they say, hey, they can prioritize based off that because they have a certain self-worth. So when the yeah. priorities come around, they're, you know, I know what's important and achieving that goal. My mission is what's important. I'm going to accomplish my mission. What you're getting Sorry. at with, you know, like being able to realize how important time is like, man, for the entrepreneur, they realize their time is a more valuable resource to them than their money so that they are harnessing their time. They're working hard with it. I think another way that we've seen, you know, people prioritize time is either going through tragedy or knowing that they have a certain amount of time left on earth. Like we all have a clock ticking over our heads, right? That's time that if we knew what that time was, how would that change? Like what we're doing now, would we be doing the podcast? Yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, this is, this is good stuff. We're impacting people's lives. Um, but yeah, if we knew that, that time, you know, and, and you can relate that to those people who are in some kind of terminal illness, like, okay, what do they do right as they find out they're with people? Like they, they prioritize the loved ones in their lives. And, um, you, you know, and like, especially in tragedy as well, like uh, you see, um, an earthquake or something like that. And a bunch of people die, like everyone's like shaken up and they're like, okay, all that stuff that I was doing before, I'm going to stop that. And now I'm focusing in, in on like what matters now. And I'm honing, honing in on those things, you know. I think the big word that everyone's kind of getting into and this kind of word that kind of goes into my head is sacrificing. You have to be okay with sacrificing certain things to be able to have the proper time management to get you where you want to go. When you have that, that we keep talking about an end state or whatever, that motivation, where do you want to be? That gives purpose to your sacrifices because a lot of us, we've all made sacrifices. We do it all the time. Your sacrifice can be viewed as negative or a positive thing. Like right. We view that sacrifice, what we did as, you know, wasted time in some regards. Like I sacrificed this. What was it for? You know, you have to have purpose in life and purpose in your decisions and your actions. You know, viewing that sacrifice in a negative way, if that's all you can view it as, it's probably not building up to your overall goal or whatever your motivation is. Viewing a lot of your sacrifices in a positive way, knowing what that is going towards, say, yes, I wasn't able to hang out with my daughter as much as I like to, right, when she was this age, but I sacrificed a little time there so that when she gets older, I can be around much more. That's the overall goal. So trying to take your sacrifices and not just justify them, but understanding the purpose behind them makes them, one, easier to do, Two, you're going to focus more on that and make sure it's successful and drive you to your ultimate goal. At the end of the day, everything you do, whether it's a sacrifice or it's your time or whatever, it's an investment. It's an investment in yourself, your family, your future, and that overall mission that you're trying to accomplish. So understand that those sacrifices, don't just look at them in negative ways. Understand why you're doing it so you can focus those sacrifices to do the right thing with them in the time that you have and also understand that it's an investment. Yeah, and as you as as you are able to take 
time for the individual for yourself and start prioritizing that and see how profound it is just the concept of it's a resource that is limited and I need to use it wisely. And you're going to start looking at other people's time, like valuable to them. You know, that that's something that over my time in the military has uh, is, is really been probably one of the biggest lessons learned for me is, you know, as, as I'm seeing what I do in my interactions with other people, like, does it have a purpose? You, it, just in texting somebody, like, not texting a girl back, for example, like, and now she's thinking, like, all day on, or that's happened to me, too, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, it's like wasting their time. It's disrespectful. If I'm not into a relationship with that girl and I'm not about it, why don't I just tell her and then she can move on? That's, that's just an example of, you know, respecting other people's time. And one of my favorite ways to end a conversation, what, whatever it is, you know, just talk to a salesperson on the phone. It's just thank you for your time. Just that simple statement. And when people say it to me, I'm just like, yeah. Genuinely. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Genuinely mean it yeah, too. Because yeah. that's, that's time I'm not getting back, you know? You know, time management is one of those things that it's going to be different for everybody. And, you know, it's going to be different for Drew. It's going to be different for Rob. It's going to be different, you know, for Brian, especially when it, and, and everyone listening is different because everyone has priorities in different fucking places. And at the end of the day, as long as they understand their purpose, their identity and where to put their priorities when they wake up to when they go to bed, then I don't think they're doing anything wrong. And I think they're living their life to that to the fullest that they can be living. Because at the end of the day, as long as you, you know, Robert, you're doing what you need to do to get to your priorities, and they're going to keep going. Just like I talked about, right? Micro movement dictates macro movement. Well, you know, fixing those smallest things in the day is going to go ahead and lead it over the weeks, months, and years and go into it. And I really love what Drew said was like, hey, I sacrificed during this time period so that after this certain, let's say, for instance, for four years, I sacrificed working my ass off from 7 in the morning till 8 o'clock at night, reading knowledge, educating myself until it was time to go to bed, wake up and do it again. I did that for four – like say we did that for four years, right? And then all of a sudden now you've reached a certain point in your life where you've actually accomplished what you were doing and sacrificing for those four years to be in a place to where now you can actually step back, reprioritize and then get back at it and realize, oh, I have all this extra room now to put the water in the sand inside of my t- inside of my rocks. And if if everyone's able to look at it that way and do that, I think that's key, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I, it's all I, I think, with that one like quote comes to mind. It's Dave Ramsey, like the financial guru guy. You know, it says, you know, live like no one else now, so you can live like no one else later, right? So it's the ultimate goal. And we said that, I said that probably a hundred times. You guys are probably getting sick of it. But at the end of the day, that, that's all that matters. Like my, one of the best team sergeants I ever, set, I ever had always said, mission dictates training, mission dictates task org. And taking that outside of, you know, a military operation or, you know, being on an ODA or whatever it is, or any team in the military, the same thing applies in your personal life or business or whatever it may be. Your mission, what your ultimate goal is, what you're trying to accomplish, it dictates Every single thing you do, you know, whether it's your physical training to go on a mission, going to Afghanistan, I'm going to train differently than if I'm, you know, going to be doing VBSS or something, whatever it may be, that mission dictates everything and understanding that. And whether it's personal relationships, and I'm kind of going to get off on a tangent, but I think something that you talked about, Robert, that I think we need to hit up for the, the listeners is, you know, don't be afraid to say no. You've got to understand when to turn things down 
and when to accept things. And there's going to be times where you're going to have to turn certain things down. Do, I want to do this, but does that fit in my priorities? These people want me to do this, but does that fit into my priorities, my mission? What's going to get me to accomplish my goal? I want to help people. I want to impact people. I want to do all this stuff, but don't be afraid to say no. Those opportunities will always come up later down the road. So remember that, but have the ability to say no and understand exactly why you're doing it so that it's okay. Don't feel like you have to commit to everything that comes along because at the end of that, after a while, you're not going to have time to do anything. You're not going to be living for your mission or your family yourself. You're going to be living for others. And we want to live for others and help others and build up others and do all that stuff. But you still have to take care of you before you can take care of the people. So you have to be able to balance that. Yeah. Yeah. Great. There's great a cool advice. saying that I like to use. Yeah, there was a great saying that I like to use for that, Drew, too. And this kind of goes back to the prioritizing and time management is, you know, we use this thing like when we come back from a mission or a patrol or whatever else, and it's always horse saddle self, right? And I believe that for the longest time. And then I just realized, like, hey, it's no longer horse saddle self. Like, if I can't take care of myself, how am I supposed to take care of my, my like, whatever my main priority is? And then from there, right? So I flip flop it now and I actually teach and my and the saying I use now is self, horse, and then saddle, right? Because of the fact like if I can't take care of myself, how am I supposed to take care of everyone else around me plus that? Right? So it's no longer horse saddle self, it is it is self horse saddle or you however somebody wants to do it, as long as they put themselves first and understand that by putting yourselves first with prioritizing whatever you need to do to get through your day to lead you to better uh, to better prioritizing down the road, that's what's going to matter because you need to take care of yourself before you can actually really focus on doing other things. Yeah. I like that. That's good. Yeah, that's good stuff. And uh, don't forget for anybody that's listening that we also uh, have a promo going on. We talked about it during the last podcast about the uh, the No Boundaries podcast. Uh, we got the decoy multicam and the decoy Patriots. You can use Minters, the number four MIL 30, and you can get 30% off of those sunglasses. And of course, if you go to Skeleton Optics, you can use Minters, the number four MIL, and get 10% off of any other pair. Once again, good stuff. Thanks, buddy. That's good. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and at Facebook by searching at Mentors, the number four MIL, and please subscribe to our podcast. It's free and it ensures you're the first to hear our latest podcast show. We have several options depending upon your device, and we're at iTunes, SoundCloud, at Stitcher, and at TuneIn Radio.